Hi friend, welcome to this week's podcast from the First Baptist Church of Nokomis, where we are building the kingdom of God through the lives of everyday people. If you are new, you can visit our website at fbcnokomis.com. Click on our visitor information page to sign up for our e-newsletter or to learn more about our ministries. We also invite our regular listeners to partner with us and support our digital ministries by clicking the... Uh, We're outside, so you know I like to do some visuals. I'm going to do that in a minute. Let me give you a quick introduction. We're doing the sermon series on do things what? The right way. Don't do them the wrong way. Do them the right way. Do them the right way is the book of Acts. Acts is the story of the early church. The early church, they were called the people of the way until later in the story of Acts, they're called Christians. People of the way is symbolic in how it represents Jesus in John 14, 6. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So we are followers of Jesus Christ, which is followers of the way of doing things the right way. Now, I share with you the way we do things that are the right way is that in Acts chapter 3, Peter said, Silver and gold, I do not have what I give in the name of Jesus Christ. Get up and walk. Many of us think that if there's just money that will be poured out, it will solve all our problems. It doesn't solve all your problems. You still need Jesus. And with the power of Jesus, you are empowered, not enabled. And that is one of the best things we can offer to people is hope. And then I asked that, we said, Acts chapter 5, we don't want to be telling lies in the church. We want to be people who tell the truth. Acts chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira. It wasn't about the money that they withheld. It was the fact they lied about it. And deceit was going to be introduced into the church. It says, place of truth and transparency. This is a place of confession where we put all that stuff we've been hidden. We just kind of lay it there before God. And then I said in Acts chapter 7 is the first of the martyrdom of Stephen. Acts chapter 9, the first who is the missionary of the church, Paul. And then chapter 11, Peter and Cornelius, the first Gentile convert. Did you notice that there's a lot of firsts? Acts is the story of the early church and the first. Right? Now we didn't get into uh, the eunuch who was baptized, the first confessional baptism, the mass confession to the eunuch. Very personal story. There's the first martyr. There's the first missionary journey. That's what we're going to talk about today. Missionary journey of Paul and Barnabas in Acts chapter 13 and 14. Now, I'd encourage you to read them. Acts chapter 13 has a wonderful sermon that Paul presents, which we'll highlight. I'm not going to get into those two chapters into the details, but I want to share this morning that faith is an adventure. We're, we're counterintuitive to that. The human nature is, I don't want an adventure. I want it safe. I want to keep everybody safe. I mean, we saw the panic last year. Any sort of risk. I even reminded people, I said, you know, it's funny. We have no laws to have to wear helmets when we ride a motorcycle. But everybody freaked out about a pandemic. Like, the risk is there. I'm like, this is a pretty big risk to ride a motorcycle without a helmet. I'm just saying. Like, there's a lot of risks we take in life. You just get up and leave your house. You're going to take risks. That's inherent to our humanity. And my question is, we want to be safe. We want to make calculated risk. But we think we're going to eliminate risk altogether. We're playing it too safe. And that's our human interest. We want things to be safe. But God says, now faith is an adventure. Come find me in the things that I've created. Come find me in the relationships I have available to you you don't even know about yet. Now, I know when I say this, you're like, well, what do you mean faith is like an adventure? All right, we got the little kids. We'll let the kids come out with me for a second. Come on, guys. I need some help. Sadie, Natalie, come here. Come on. You guys come sit by me. We're going to sit right here. You guys sit on that little yellow strip right there. Yeah, you sit. You sit there. Great. Sit. Good boy. Scarlett. I know. 
We do the same thing we just did with our kids. We have an adventure of faith. If you want to stay home, stand under the covers, that's not faith. In Acts chapter 13, Paul and Barnabas, it says that uh, actually there's persecution at the early church, and so they scattered. A little bit of a small diaspora. The diaspora in the 8th century B.C. before Christ, in the 6th century B.C. before Christ, that's when they came in and destroyed Jerusalem, and they took the Jews, and they took them into what's called the exile. And they made them servants in the Assyrian lands, the Babylonian lands. Well, Jesus' early disciples were being persecuted. P uh, Paul stood over Stephen's stoning, the, the death of Stephen. It also says in Acts chapter 12 that Peter and James, James was arrested and Herod put James to death by the sword. And the Jews in Jerusalem were so excited about him doing that and suffering the Christians and persecuting the early Christians that Herod arrested Peter. And then it tells us that an angel let Peter out of the shackles so he could escape prison will have been certain death. So the, the, the Christians, the early Christians were scattering away from Jerusalem. They went as far north as a town called Antioch. Then when they found out that the Gentiles in Antioch and the, and the Jewish believers in Antioch were getting excited about this Jesus, Paul and Barnabas went up there and they said, basically, we want you to spread this. We want you to tell people about Jesus. Now, they were going to be persecuted, but they said, you know what? This is more important that we tell people about who Jesus is. So in Acts 13, 1 through 3, they lay hands on what we call ordained. So when you see us in church, want to lay hands on somebody and pray for them, we're ordaining them with the Spirit of God. It's like we're just symbolically saying, God, bless them that they can go and do and serve. Paul and Barnabas went on the first Christian mission trip. And when they went on that mission trip, they went to an island, the first island they went to. And, and this sorcerer came against them and said, hey, this is kind of my space. This Jesus stuff doesn't belong here. And Paul looked at him and said, hey, be blind. And he was blind. And because he was miraculously blind, the governor said, oh, my goodness. What they're talking about has more power than this sorcerer. I want to have what they have. Now, there's a couple of things about this bear hunt I think fit. This is the first story in Acts about the mission trip. If you're going to go on an adventure of faith, you have to get into the weeds of wisdom. The sorcerer wanted to tell them how he knew magic and they didn't. But they told him about Jesus and the power of Jesus Christ. And I'm convinced today that most Christians really don't have the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to speak on God's behalf. The adventure of faith has to come with being challenged about the things that we knew as a kid and we test as we get older. And the only way we test them is when we come against people who don't believe as we believe. And we can't do that on social media. We have to do that in person. We have to have the testing of our wisdom. Anybody say this prayer when you were a kid? Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. What does it do? If I die before... Who prays that prayer? Like when you get older, you go, that is a really dumb prayer for a child. If I die, because I'm afraid of the boogeyman and monsters under the bed, please take me, Jesus. You get older and you realize, no, wisdom and prayer is not some prayer I said when I was seven. Wisdom and prayer is learning how to pray in the Holy Spirit. How to pray for wisdom. How to, God, teach me things that are conflicting to me. I remember when I was in high school, I had a Sunday school teacher who presented an old earth versus a new earth, a young earth 
And he said, you know, when people want to compare the stories, we want the young earth to make sense, but it's not until the fourth day that the sun and the stars are made, the sun and the moon that govern our 24 hours. And he sort of blew my mind, and I had to go home and do research on how the Genesis story compared from a young earth to an old earth. What was right now in a young earth 6,000 years or an old earth 14 billion years old, 13.4 billion years old. I said, that didn't make sense, but by studying it, I found wisdom that I could argue with people who now have taken it to the extreme and say, see, there is really no God. It was just by happenstance. I've done enough of my homework that I feel wise to discuss how God created the world and can argue, even with science, how that's possible. If you're going to enter this world and it's chaos right now, we have to enter the adventure of wisdom. And it can't be that you rest on what you knew. You have to constantly ask and you have to have it tested by those who would disagree with you. That's the adventure of faith. Now, Paul and Silas, they went on from there. They went up and they went to another town also known as Antioch, a different Antioch, farther than what is now Turkey. And when they get there, Paul preaches this beautiful sermon. And the second part that I want to explore is what really is another thing we're challenged with. So one, we have to have the adventure of wisdom and that we struggle with our ignorance and our Christian faith. We're satisfied with what little we know about God rather than continuing to learn so much about him. And that is exactly what I want to share with you about the adventure of getting into the river of revival. If we're going to learn about Jesus and know more about him, Paul and Barnabas, they spoke with passion. They were excited about who Jesus was. They go through the history of the story and they keep pointing out how God was powerful with Abraham and the kings and ultimately bringing forth Jesus. And I want to encourage you this morning that that's the adventure of revival. So many of us sort of decide we think we know and we don't get into it with God. I know I just said jump, get into the river and it started raining. Um, so, Bob, cover that. Let's give it a second. Let's go. If you start running, we're all going to start running. Are we ready? That feels good. I don't... Look at him. He has no faith, people. It's what? Wait. Lord Jesus, could you just give me 10 more minutes? I'll keep the sermon short. I promise. Is that too much to ask? If he makes it rain harder, we're done. Right? I can't. We got a couple of songs to finish on. No. Go. All right. So, jumping to the river of revival. Bottom line is you have to be excited about your faith. And that is one of the things that Bear Hunt is all about. And then lastly, I'm going to give you the third one real quick. You want to get into the revival of courage. The adventure of courage means you have to enter the cave. Sometimes you got to go into dark places. Sometimes you got to sit by a loved one who is suffering from cancer, who shouldn't die at this age, but they are struggling. Sometimes you go into the cave of darkness in a relationship. You don't know where the marriage is supposed to go, but you know it's not supposed to be here, and you don't know where it's going to go. And sometimes you have to get into the cave of courage that is within your workplace. And this is huge, Christians. We have far too long, last 20 or 30 years, decided our Christian faith was relegated to the church in this building, rather than this place being a spawning, an outpouring, ascending into the high schools, into your workplace, into the places you go. And if you have wisdom and you have passion that is revival, trust me, when you go into those caves and those dark spaces, you will have the courage to see God do extraordinary things, even the ability to stop you. 
So why do we worry? We worry with a lack of faith, we get back under the covers. It's just like the children's song. Don't have such a simplistic faith that you want to stay under your spiritual covers. It's time to get out. It's time to get into the weeds of wisdom. It's time to get into the river of revival. It's time to get into the cave of courage. And all the guys people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. See you next time. And remember, God is building his kingdom through the lives of everyday people just like you.